This is Jess Pryles and you're listening to Smoking Hot Confessions. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben Arnott and I'd like to welcome you to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. This is episode 13 and it's really a kind of a unofficial final chapter to the Comp Ready series, which was episodes 1 through 10. Shortly after the last episode of that series was released, I was contacted by a fellow named Michael. He told me that he'd been listening to the podcast and he'd been inspired to enter his first comp, and he aimed high. He had signed up his very first competition to be Meatstock Melbourne. I thought that was pretty awesome. Once I found out I was going to Meatstock, I decided it would be really interesting if I could get a hold of this guy and have a before, during and after Meatstock interview with him. I really wanted to capture that first-time competitor experience. And what better opportunity than a huge event like Meatstock? Now, it's in our Aussie DNA to root for an underdog. And no offense to Michael and the lads, if it's your first comp, you're the underdog. But these underdogs have a hell of a bite, as you'll soon find out. Check it out. This is the Smoking Hot Confessions Podcast with barbecue pitmaster Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Thank you for joining me in the confessional today, Michael. The first question on everybody's lips is, what was the last thing that you barbecued? Uh, just being past Easter, we decided to do a cook-up for the whole family. We did five Lincoln lamb shoulders, four Tamworth pork butts, Cape Byron brisket, two racks of ribs, uh, and about a dozen chicken Marylands, which we turned into thighs and, uh, and lollipops. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, the smoker was full. It was, uh, it's a good feeling when you fill up um, a big offset smoker, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. So what is a, uh, a Tamworth, what do you call it? A Tamworth Boston butt, a Tamworth? Yeah, so Tamworth, I learned this five days ago when I went down to the butcher, is a breed which originated in the UK, a breed of pig, um, renowned for its high marbling and, and distinct flavour. It was actually incredibly tender as well, um, which is good. Fantastic. And I take it then that Lincoln is the same thing it's a it's a brand it's a breed it is a breed a breed of uh, of lamb and i yeah i think it's lincoln or it's a spell l-i-n-c-o allen so not sure how that's pronounced but i think it is lincoln or something uh yeah and they're, they're also from the uk which is a, it was a delicious they're, they're quite small but really tasty wait 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 wait, wait. you in, you bought imported lamb well you know in I, in australia I, um, the breed has been imported and then <laughs> bred in Australia, I believe. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 All right. Okay. We, we can work with that. We can work with that. Okay. <laughs> so tell me how it all started for you, mate. What's your earliest barbecue memory? Um, it would probably have to be back at my parents' house out in the backyard. Um, two things. One would be the, those old hand-built brick barbecues with the charcoal heat beads underneath. Love it. And that hot plate. And then right beside that, we had a, a big spit. And you, that usually had either a whole a whole pig or a whole lamb on it when we had the family functions, which is my way back when, back at my old, old house. Fantastic. So take me on the journey then from then to now. What's your barbecue evolution been? Um, so I guess from there, uh, barbecue moved into my parents got a, I guess, a, ga- a gasser. 
a pretty nice gasser and we'd be having barbies on Saturday, Sundays and during the week experimenting with nice pieces of cuts of steak and those sorts of things. Um, and then I moved out and for my housewarming, my friend bought me a little Argentinian spit, which had its own little rotisseries um, and, a, and a big one. So I started doing whole chickens over charcoal. Um, and then from there, my teammate went to America. He, in 2012, he came back and he said to me, Michael, um, we weren't teammates back then. Clearly he goes, we need to buy an offset smoker. And at that time, I had no idea what he's talking about. I, I think I'd literally just tried my first bit of curing my first bit of bacon and smoked cold smoking it um, out of this improvised box contraption I made. But um, and then he said, oh, "I've got to buy this offset." So we went and bought a, a char griller from Bunnings with the offset, um, and we bought a, a off cut of brisket. I don't know if it was a point or a flat or what it was, but it could have even been the navel. But we just went to the butchers that give us some brisket. <laughs> And we, and we thought it was the best thing ever. But it was, in hindsight, it was terrible. <laughs> it, was, it was overcooked. Uh, the, it, was, it was sour in terms of the smoke. The, the, it was bad. <laughs> but um, it, it definitely got us into the, into the spirit. And that was, yeah, five years ago. Awesome. Now, you, uh, you mentioned your barbecue team there a second ago. Um, now, your team name is Butcher's Axe Barbecue, I understand. Is that correct? It is. It is. Yeah, yeah. One thing I'm obsessed with is barbecue team names. How did yours come about? Um, we were throwing around names when we came. So this is, as per most people, probably over a few beers. Um, and we liked the idea of, um, of being associated with butchers and all those sorts of things. And then we said it just evolved into that. And I think by that time of the night, we're probably at the end um, of how much we drink and that was the last name that was thrown up in the air and we just stuck with it well i like so it no real other um yeah. oh thank you thank you <laughs> and how did your team itself come together um so like i said early on it was the um my friend my high school friend um justin who we call shredder because he the first job he did is he was shred the pulled pork um he and i have known each other from long probably longer than half our lives um he came back from the states bought the offset we started cooking um and then i don't know it was probably a year ago whenever they announced meat stock melbourne because we started getting to low and slow you know for a little while um he and i decided to sign up sillily just just absolute ignorant just just signed up um and then we realized we we're weighing over our head um and we'd been talking to this guy sam uh, through the ABA's Facebook page, who was one of the most helpful guys we'd ever met. And he, to he told us he'd been cooking a brisket a week for almost a year at that stage. He was just practicing brisket in his little hark and in his, his fornettos or whatever he was using. Um, and so I thought, oh, I said, Justin, we've got to get this guy on our team. And we've been speaking to him for a while and he, we managed to uh, recruit him. So that's been about a year or so in the making. And... The rest is history. We've just been cooking almost every week since together. And does he turn out briskets that are better than that other one you're telling me about? <laughs> He's he. Uh, I was told not to say this, but he does the best brisket in Australia. I'm just letting you know that right from the start. I'm putting oh. the pressure on him. <laughs> no, no, no. He um he's he's the best in our team, but um but he, he'll be right. Yeah. <laughs> 
Speaking of having the best brisket in Australia, we're here mostly today to talk about, um, you, you mentioned it before, Meatstock Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and I understand that Meatstock Melbourne uh, coming up this weekend, actually, just a couple of, day, couple of hours away now, yep. um, it is your first competition. So what made you decide to get into competitive barbecue? Um, so I guess part of it was that we were getting to a point where our barbecue was, we were feeding to our friends and family a lot. We're doing events and functions and just weekly cooks. And a lot of the people we were serving to weren't really into barbecue as much as we were. Um, and we thought maybe it was time to put our barbecue up on a, on a higher stage to maybe get some honest feedback about how good we actually were because we love it and we want to keep doing it, but we want to make sure that we, um, we're doing it right. So that, that, was the, that was our original intention. And have you attended a competition before, like as a judge or something? No, no, no judging. I've spoken to a few judges. Um, one of my teammates' friends is a judge. Um, but no, we, our first event that we actually attended was the Pork and Cider Festival here in Melbourne earlier this year. Um, and yeah, we got to speak to a few of the teams, meet a few of the guys that we'd been speaking to online. Um, but no, we've actually, I think competition barbecue in, in Victoria, especially Melbourne, is, is quite young and, and new. So there's not too many of them. Right. So the meat stock competitions are the biggest in the country. What are you expecting from meat stock Melbourne? What do you think it's going to be like? Um, well, <laughs> we're pretty green. So we actually have no idea what the competition side of things are going to be like. Um, we assume it's... We're going to meet, get to meet a lot of our new friends that we've met online, which is going to be awesome. So we expect it to be a bit of a party atmosphere on the Saturday night, a few beers and, and a bit of a laugh. Um, but in terms of the event, we, we assume it's going to bring a lot of people together um, for one, for, well, for multiple reasons, but the main one being cooking meat over fire, which we hope to meet a lot of... Um, I guess, like-minded people. That's that's what we're hoping out of it. Excellent. So making friends, networking, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just for us, it's it's a bit bit of fun. I mean, we've taken it a bit seriously in the in the in the past few um, past few months uh, through getting sponsorships and and practicing and doing all sorts of things. But I mean, for us, it really is just about fun and and, and meeting new people and really getting to just chat barbecue because. The amount of time we spend on our phones through forums, um, it'd be nice to actually get some face-to-face interaction around this whole obsession we have. Do you have phone thumbs? Oh, it's yeah. I, I think I'm going to get arthritis in my thumbs. It's, I'm actually starting to like develop an ache in my right thumb here from like the from the well, amount of time I spend on all these uh, well, barbecue Facebook groups and whatnot. Uh, my little sausage fingers, but this one here seems to be a little bit more of a right angle than this one. So, yeah, I, th- I think I do. And I've become a lot quicker since uh, chatting on the barbecue pages because I've got to get it in uh, quickly before the missus starts yelling at me for talking to my, uh, what she calls my barbecue girlfriends all afternoon and evening. So, yeah, get in a bit of trouble sometimes. Yeah, when I was first getting into to, uh, into low and slow barbecue, I spent a lot of time um, looking at YouTube videos and my wife would come out and be one o'clock in the morning. She'd be like, <laughs> damn it, why can't you just look at porn like a normal man? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I wish it was as easy to explain this obsession as something like that. But it, I mean, when someone asks me, well, what are you doing or what are you into? And I have to explain it. They, they just the weird look on their face, they just can't believe how obsessed we are with it. It's crazy they look at you like you're nuts until you feed them for the first time. Exactly. And, and then, then they go, oh, 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. Maybe not the first few cooks we did, but as of recently, we've definitely converted a few people. Fantastic. So what do you anticipate are going to be some of the uh, challenges for you at Meatstock? Oh, I think the, the major one, which we haven't really, you know, focused on is timing uh, in terms of the competition. Um, we kind of, we've nailed, uh, not nailed, but we've narrowed down our timing on things like brisket, um, pork, shoulder, lamb shoulder. Um, but other the other cuts that seem to be, I mean, depending on where which which rig you use and how hot you cook them, we're not quite there yet. So that's our biggest concern. Also, we've actually never presented a hand inbox, not even in practice. So um, parsley, I mean, if, if anyone wants to come along and do the parsley for us, that'd be nice. Or if anyone wants to give us some tips, that'd also be nice. Absolutely. Yeah. I've um, I've always been lucky enough to have a person on my team who their job was to do the uh, the hand in boxes. So if I'm being <laughs> honest, I've never actually prepared a hand in box personally myself either. <laughs> well, if we could recruit them, uh, let them know the beers are on us. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll certainly pass the word around. I'll see who's in town. <laughs> so, what do you anticipate is going to come easily to you? Um, I mean. Things like um, preparing the meat, we've done that plenty of times. So trimming and, and, and seasoning, I mean, putting the rub on, those sorts of basic things that, you know, um, managing the area, for instance, where it's going to be clean, um, fresh meat and cooked meat, those sorts of things we're pretty good at now. Um, our sauces we've worked on, so they're already pre-prepared for the weekend, also our rubs. So those sorts of, as much prep as we've done, um, we can as much prep as we could have done, we have done, um, so that hopefully that stuff comes easy. We are really hoping. And do you make your own rubs or do you use um, like a pre-made bought ones? Um, a majority of our rubs we make from scratch. Um, so we have purchased wow. a lot of rubs. Uh, we've tried them. Um, we have friends in the industry who make rubs and we've tried theirs and we think that we want it to be a little bit different, get some fresh spices, um, you know, because sometimes rubs can go a bit stale um, and go from go from scratch and work our way up. So we've, we've tinkered with those and we're almost there. Um, for beef, we do have a beef rub sponsor um, and we use, uh, we use that rub there for, uh, for our beef because we, we, we've loved it since the day we started using it. We just think it's, a, it's awesome. Yeah, when you find a good uh, beef rub, it's... Um you know, most people swear by just salt and pepper, Dalmatian rub, blah, blah, blah. But when you do yep. find a good a good beef one, it really just elevates things to the next level, I reckon. Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, for, for home use, salt and pepper is we, – we don't go past. That's all we use. We might maybe add a bit of garlic, maybe some onion if we're feeling adventurous. But salt and pepper for home, um, that brisket we did on the weekend, the Cape Byron, that was salt and pepper. Um, but for competition, apparently it's a whole different beast, so you've got to play around with it a bit. I think the challenge is that you just want to hand in something that just tastes a little bit different to what the guy next door is cooking. That's right. That's um, right. Yeah. So I think that's why a lot of us get into making all our own rubs and, you know, spending hours and hours measuring out a quarter teaspoon at a time and seeing how it changes the taste. And <laughs> That's right. And, and we've done the same with our sauce as well. So we've, um, we've honed in our own barbecue sauce that we've um, – We've tried and tested. We just think that some of the store-bought ones are a little bit artificial in flavor, so we thought we'd go for a bit more of a natural taste. Love it. Yeah. So what categories are going to be your strongest? You mentioned that uh, you have a, uh, a, a 
what was it, Australia's best brisket expert or something on your team? I am going to get absolutely slaughtered for saying that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, so we hope that beef is one of our strong ones. We love cooking it and we cook it frequently. Like I said, Sam um, has done, like he did almost one a week for a year. So we would hope we do well, but it's so it's such a hard category and brisket's such a such a strange beast. You think you've nailed it and then you cook it another time and it goes south. So, I mean, fingers crossed on that one. Um, but really, we're not sure. We've we've never really tasted competition food. So, as was you know, I think pork is probably one of our weaker ones. Pork ribs more so, um, but strong. Hopefully, beef. I think I think our rubs good. We've got a good quality brisket. Um, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to trying to hand that in, in that in well. In a comp box prepared by a volunteer. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. You're hopefully, no, it's, it's a recruit. We, we're, we're paying in beers. So it's not a volunteer. They're getting Sorry, paid well. yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. my mistake, my mistake. Also, so if they want to drink cider, I'm sure we can organise something as well. Excellent. So you mentioned that um, pork ribs are a bit of a challenge for you. What, uh, what do you find challenging about them? Um, Probably, so first of all, hard to get a nice straight pork rib um, from a butcher. We've got a we've got a few really good butchers that we uh, that we like to use and we're quite friendly with, and they're all pretty good at it now. Um, so that that's not too bad. But again, um, it's really just toting the line between perfectly cooked and overcooked. So uh, plenty of times we've had some really nice high end pork on ribs. Uh, we've cooked it fall off the bone perfect, which everyone around the house seems to love, but we just can't seem to enjoy it because we know it's not competition perfect. So, yeah, pork ribs definitely our weakest. Yeah, I had a similar experience just last weekend. I cooked a, cooked a bit of brisket up and the people I had over just loved it. They just adored it. And I was sitting there going, no, nah, that's disqualified. <laughs> if I handed that in, I'd be disqualified. They're like, what? What's wrong with you? Just, <laughs> just enjoy it. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I, hope that's, I hope that's common amongst everyone because we really seem to not enjoy when we try and do the perfect, you know, I know I, say, I joke about the best brisket guy in Australia, but um, yeah, anything we cook, we judge it way too heavily. I hope that's common because we feel a bit weird about it when everyone yells at us for not enjoying it as much as they do. Mate, I definitely think you are not alone. I am my harshest critic, yeah. and I think everyone out there listening to this will agree that they are their own harshest critics. Yeah, yeah. All right, so what uh, what rigs are you taking with you to the comp? So we've got um, two types of rigs. We've got a, an offset stick burner, which was a handmade one um, by uh, Justin's dad. He's a metal worker. He was actually my... A teacher back in high school in that subject, so he's retired now. I hope now. you were nice to him. Uh, probably not, but yeah, he, <laughs> he decided to build an offset for us. So, so he's really handy on on the welder. Um, so he built us that. Um, and then we've got a bunch of Fornettos. So we've got a few twenty-two inch Razos and the smaller Bazos as well. So we're um. They're actually one of our sponsors. So we've been using them since day one and they decided to jump on board. They liked what we were doing and, yeah, so we'll have a big big lineup of those there going. That's great news. I, I haven't actually um, played with one myself. How do they go? Uh, they're, in, they're incredible. I mean, we've, um, we've used um, or we've tried and tested like the Pro-Qs and, and similar bullet smokers and they're all pretty similar. 
Um, but what really stood out for this was um, had a lot of the additional racks on the inside, hanging features, retained temp incredibly well. Um, and they're actually quite a good-looking unit as well in the backyard. So the missus doesn't get annoyed that, like it's an ISO like the offset one that's just sitting there right in the middle. <laughs> Have you painted one up like R2-D2 yet? <laughs> that is my my favorite gag when someone asks me oh it looks like it looks sci-fi i'm like yeah this is our r2d2 so i'm hoping to do that one day not that i know anything about um star wars or star trek or whatever it is but yeah i, I do want an r2d2 one sorry star wars sorry. star wars thank you no, very much i'm just kidding i'm just kidding. all right I'll, I'll... we are we, we are done here we're done <laughs> all right cut <laughs> <laughs> now my um my wife and I wanted to go see the new Star Wars movie when it came out last year, and we were thinking, how are we going to get our son to sit through it? Because he was just turned five at the time. We thought, right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make him watch one uh, of the old movies each week for six weeks, and we're going to yep. get him into Star Wars, and then he's going to want to go, and he's going to sit through the whole two-and-a-half-hour movie so we can enjoy it, and it's yep. going to be awesome. And the plan worked. It was beautiful, but Perfect. it worked it worked too much because this kid is now completely obsessed, <laughs> obsessed. And so when I was flicking through photos of different um, different barbecues on the internet and we came across, I forget what it was, it was either a Weber Smoky Mountain or a Pro-Q or a Fornetto or something like that, and it was painted up like R2-D2. Yeah, he just went one. bananas and he wanted to go and paint my pro cue. I was like, don't you touch it. <laughs> don't you dare. You have to get him you have to get him one, a little mini one, an eighteen inch um bazo or something, get it painted up nice and white, it'll be awesome. I reckon so, yeah. That that or a minion, because he loves minions too. Oh, see that would be pretty cool too. Not that I've seen that movie either, but um they, they both look exactly like it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. All right, so the other thing that I'm obsessed with, other than team names, is pit names. Have you named any of your pits? That's um, that's a really interesting question. We have. So um, we haven't quite got around to giving our Fornetto's bullets a, a name yet. I think Sam's got one for his, but I can't recall what it is. But our big stick burner, um, which was built by Justin's dad, who was a teacher, uh, who he's retired now, um, and also my dad, who was also a teacher at another school, uh, they both, he built it in his retirement. Not my old man helped us design it. Um, they had a retirement plan called the 5411, which meant at, they could retire at the age of 54 years and 11 months and get some sort of pension or something. So we named our smoker 5411 in, in um, homage to our, our parents. So, yeah. Oh, because that was their, their retirement project, was it? It was their retirement. Then? Yeah, it was. They, um, they started off with a lot of joy and body, and I think they resented us a bit. We started. <laughs> talking about insulated fireboxes and stuff and uh, and that's when they just quickly finished it and, and put it on a trailer and gave it to us. <laughs> they just slapped the wheels on it and said, get it out of here. Yeah, take it out. <laughs> you know where you can stick your insulated firebox, boys. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, that's that's the only name that we've got um, so far for our rigs. Well, I'm very interested in seeing that rig. Um, I'm coming down to Meatstock this weekend, so awesome. I'll definitely catch up with you down there and we'll, I'll uh, bring the bring the uh, microphones and that. We'll see how you're going throughout the awesome. weekend. You got me nervous. You got me nervous not for the comp as well, but just for the interview too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll just be a couple of minutes and just, you know, see how you're going. So, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see you then. I'll see you on the weekend. Perfect. I'll look forward to it. You're listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with barbecue pitmaster Ben Arnott. 
Alrighty, so welcome back to the confessional, Michael. It's uh, day one of meat stock here. How have you settled in on the first day, mate? It's been pretty exciting. I mean, being our first comp, starting, we were up at, I think, about 4 a.m. this morning, the alarm went off, which was a bit brutal. Um, but then coming in to set up, my, um, we got a recruitment team member, my younger brother said he'd come and help us with the marquee and wheeling things in place, which was made it really helpful. Um, but everything's been really good. We we didn't expect all the support and all our friends and family have come out uh, and a lot of people wanting to have a chat about our smokers and yeah, it's been amazing. Excellent. And you have the uh, the, the homemade 5411 smoker out there. Yeah, yeah. Did I get that right, 5411? You got that right. I That's did. Exactly Excellent. Right. And uh, I find that um, a lot of people love to come and have a look at homemade smokers. Have you been getting much attention with that? Yeah, we've actually met a few interesting people. Um, one bloke we just met from down from Warrigal, which is a couple of hours out of Melbourne. Um, he's building his own smoker and he came and picked our brains as to exactly what we did and how he did it and he actually invited us to come check out his other home-built rigs that he's done in the past too, so we might give it a give it a go in a couple of weeks. There you go. I love that. Yeah. Bit, of, bit of back and forth, bit of sharing. That's it, yeah. yeah. I said we might even get him to build one for us if, um, if he's got the time, so he really, ah. really likes it, so... Yeah, I, we really we really do like the homemade rigs. They, they've got a bit of character about them. Mm. If this guy does build your homemade rig, though, is that going to put you out with the parents? If yeah, you, uh, yeah. If, if you retire of, the 5411? A bit of jealousy there. I think if we retire the 5411 in one of their houses and ah. they can use it, it should be okay. Yep. But maybe we'll go tandem, tandem on the same trailer. We'll get two smokers going. I was going to suggest that. like yep. Rather than put the cabinets down the other side, just put the other smoker down the other That's side it. there. Well, he, he's building a little stubby, um, so like a short, uh, from a little gas cylinder, so yep. it might even still be able to fit a cabinet at the end too. So have three ah, rigs on the okay. one trailer. Yep, yep. yep. I, I keep buying off these uh, these little smokers made out of gas cylinders. Yep. And I'm thinking I would love to have one mounted on the back of my four wheel drive, like uh, like US <laughs> style tailgaters. Yes. Yep. Yep. I cannot see the Australian government letting me do that. But, uh, <laughs> the nanny state that we live in. Yeah. <laughs> but man, I would love that. Yeah, that would be That incredible. would be fantastic. I mean, I think this is about as close to tailgating as we're going to get in terms of bringing a um, homemade smoker along or any sort of um, barbecue and having people meet and for a common cause. It's it's awesome. I think yeah, we really yeah. need to embrace that culture a little bit more. Yeah. So you've already got some meat in there in there cooking. You showed me before. Do you want to give me a bit of a rundown on what's in there? Yeah, so we've got um, a few... Probably not so interesting things. We've got some beef cheeks in there, uh, which we call mini briskets because they take almost half the time and they taste very similar at times. We've got some lamb necks, which we've never cooked before, but apparently if you let them go get a nice big bark and fall off the bone, they can make some good pulled lamb. And a surprising one is we've got a goat shoulder in there. So oh, I butcher. love goats. Yeah, well, first time as well. So... There are two first-timers in there, and then we've got a special one in one of our bullet smokers, which is the uh, Tamworth pig's head. So we've got a whole pig's head, going to dig the cheeks out for dinner tonight. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, mixed reaction on that, actually. Yeah, so, yeah. No. Yeah, people either seem to go for it or yep. run for the hills with we've that sort of stuff. So. A lot of people want to jump the fence and get their face next to the pig's head, and other people run the other way. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's kind of funny. Modern society, we we don't really like our meat to look like animals. Yeah. We want our meat to look like meat. That's right, from packaged <laughs> and, and, and and backpacked and in a styrofoam container. But no, this came came whole from our butcher who looked after us and, and yeah, made sure that we we're using the whole animal, which we're trying to do. We're trying to learn about it, see how it turns out. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. 
have you got plans to get up there and see Tex Perkins tonight? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, depending on how all of our prep goes, we actually haven't prepped anything yet. So ah, okay. There's a fridge sitting there right behind you, uh, full of all of our uh, proteins. Yep. Um, and I think the lamb rack is the only thing that's ready to go. The rest needs to be trimmed and... So I think I'm going to have a busy afternoon and evening. Mm, yeah, right. Yeah. So the prep window obviously started today then? Yeah, there was no time frame, so no exclusions. You could start first thing as soon as you got here, which was awesome. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so um, we had uh, Adam get up on stage from ABA and say uh, that it was open and we could start brining earlier if we wanted or cutting and prepping and cooking or whatever we wanted to do. Which, um, I, because it's our first comp, we don't actually know that that's an advantage, but a few of the teams seem to be pretty happy about that. Mm. Yeah. So maybe my chicken should be in a brine, but it's not. We'll see how we go. <laughs> well, maybe I should wrap up and get out of your way and get on with it. But I've got a couple more questions first. So tell me, who have you met yet? Oh, we've met heaps of, like, so many people that we've spoken to on the internet. Um, one famous one who's currently walking around with one of our T-shirts is uh, David Ong, the Infamous David Ong. He's walking around with a butcher's axe. You got a butcher's axe shirt on David Ong. On Ong. Happily. happily. Be prepared to see that butcher's axe shirt all over social media for the next couple of weeks then. Uh, David's been a massive uh, support of ours, especially Sam, uh, our brisket cook. Just a normal brisket cook. Not the best in Australia, but just a normal brisket cook. Oh, we're not going to retract that. Okay. No, he's he's really upset at me. He's not talking to me at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So David, as he is, is quite helpful and he's really helped Sam hone in on a lot of his, his skills and he's been quite a bit of a mentor to our team as well in terms of trying different cuts and, and really getting great cooks out of whatever we whatever kind of meat we get. So David's a big big uh, big friend of ours. Fantastic. Yeah, he is a good guy. Yeah. I've I've met him a couple of times and I couldn't believe it. I was walking up towards the gates here today just to come in and I've literally bumped into him in the in the line at the at the crowd at the gate. The elusive, like, infamous David Ong. I was like, I was like, I've been here five minutes. I got my first <laughs> Ong sighting. Yes. Well, we're hoping to get a bit more of him. Uh, maybe he can come help us trim a brisket. But I think he's judging, so I don't think he's allowed to help us at all. So we'll yeah, see what yeah. we can do there. Yeah. Now this is your first competition, so tell me, so far, is it everything that you were expecting? Um, so we got caught up and wrapped up in a lot of the prep so we didn't have things like marquees and all the equipment that we needed to compete so a lot of that took up a lot of our time which meant by yesterday we really didn't have time to set expectations or we we're very focused on the cook but today's nice and relaxed we're not doing the grill off today so we're just uh we'll start cooking tonight and prepping tonight mm-hmm. for the hand-ins tomorrow so we've actually really found it to be quite relaxing and, and a lot of friendly faces people that we've met online, uh, friends and family. It's its amazing. It's actually exceeded anything I ever thought it would be. So having a great time. Excellent. Excellent. Now, do you have any more of a feeling? Are you getting more of an inkling towards which, uh, which hand-ins are going to be strong for you? Um, so funny thing is a lot of people coming to have a chat to us knowing that it's our first uh, comp, but I'm not sure whether they're trying to put us off or you know, make us change our mind on what we want to do. But I think it still basically stays the same. We're, we're confident with beef. We know that we've got a high-quality uh, brisket or two high-quality briskets in there in the fridge, and we're going to churn those out, and hopefully we do well in that. Um, but, yeah, again, I think ribs is, is always going to be our downfall. We're still, we've got a great rack of ribs from um, Troy over at Meatstock. They're in Collingwood in Melbourne. Uh, but we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. I don't know. Excellent. Well, mate, I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. And I'll, uh, I'll be catching up with you shortly afterwards. That's been awesome to meet you in person. Yeah, you too, man. You too. I'll catch awesome. you later on. Speak to you later. See ya. This is Bredo from the Flaming Mongrels, and you're listening to The Smoking Hot Confessions.
welcome to part three of the interview with Michael from Butcher's Axe Barbecue. It's now the week after meat stock, and I'm having a follow-up chat with Michael to see how everything went. How are you today, Michael, and what have you been doing since meat stock? Um, yeah, going good, going good. Um, just, yeah, chilling after meat stock, still, still barbecuing, but, yeah, just, um, yeah, basically coming down from the high of what was meat stock Melbourne, our first barbecue competition. I know, right? How how awesome was Meatstock? I had a killer of a weekend. I have to say it was probably one of the best weekends that I've had uh, in a long, long while. We really, really enjoyed ourselves. It was way more than what we expected. It was way busier than we expected. More, We made more friends than we ever thought we would. It was It's, it's crazy. It was such a good weekend. So what was the highlight for you? Um, oh, there's a few, uh, definitely a few, but... Getting getting called forth in beef was unbelievable. Uh, when she said our team name, um, that was incredible. And then also coming seventeenth overall, uh, those two two announcements were probably two of the highlights for us. That's for sure. We haven't stopped talking about it since. Yeah, yeah. So you've you've just mentioned um, a couple of your places there. How'd you go with the rest of them? Yeah, so we did okay with the rest of them. Um, I think chicken was our next best, um, and then it slowly cascaded down from there. But you know, we we're, were hitting the the two eighties out of three hundred and sixty um, for our scores. Apart from brisket or beef, which we I think we got three, I don't know, three hundred and thirty or three hundred and twenty-two or something out of three hundred and sixty. So um, yeah, the other ones were in, you know in and around the twenty. I think our lowest place was about 30 or 28 or something on those lines. So, yeah, we're really happy to be around mid-table for our first uh, comp and to really nail our favourite category. So, Yeah, for a first-time outing at, um, and particularly at a big comp at Meatstock, mate, you just killed it. Yeah, it's um, like I said, it was unbelievable hearing the call-up call and or it wasn't call-up but to hear our name being called out. And, um, yeah, I certainly had to check my ears. I wasn't sure that, that what I was hearing was actually happening. Maybe I thought I was just hoping that because as they come out, that's you know it goes from all other five categories, and the beef is last. And you know you've heard <laughs> you've heard almost forty other names, forty five other names before you get to hear yours, and it's just it's insane. Yeah, it was great. So. The big question I want to ask, you talked a big game about Sam, your best brisket cooker in Australia in the lead-up to yeah. uh, two-minute two yep. stock. So my question is, how did he go under the pressure? Did he hold up or did he fold like a house of cards? Yeah, I think I think the pressure of calling him one of the – I don't know if I called him the best or one of the best, but I, uh, I definitely made a big deal of it. Uh, I think the pressure uh, motivated him to be really super focused. I'm not sure if that was the major factor in um, – in us coming forth, but I think it did contribute to him maybe having a, a few less beers than what he usually would on a on a normal cook to be <laughs> to be super focused. So um, I, I'd hope to say, say that I had that that comment had something to do with it, but really I think it was all the practice we put into the into the brisket beforehand that really got us there. Well, I, I did come by your your site, um, as listeners will know, because from segment two of this interview. And uh, you seem to have everything really well organised and really well set out and um, and planned out. And uh, every time I walked past, there was a crowd out the front. So you you obviously had that um, you know that that part of it sorted. Uh, how much thought did you put into the actual, I, I guess the the physical layout of your site? 
Yeah, I mean, when we practice cook, which is fairly regularly, we set up uh, our equipment and our tables in a similar fashion. We don't have a marquee. Uh, well, we do have a marquee, but we don't practice with a marquee. But in terms of setting up the marquee and putting everything inside, it was pretty intuitive based on everything we've already done. Uh, but then the outside, it took us um, a few goes to get the layout right, giving it the first time we've we've set up our, our pit, which is on a trailer, and our, our other bullet Fornetto smokers. Um, so really a lot of the planning was just done on the day to make it user-friendly. And I guess uh, the crowds were probably most interested in the uh, pig's head that we were cooking in one of the bullets to, to make pig's head pizza for dinner, um, which was amazing, by the way. <laughs> I was going to ask about that because I was going to come back and pinch a bit, um, but I just, uh, I, I just couldn't seem to get back there. So that all turned out well then? Uh, uh, you and other, some other teams uh, really wanted some, and by the time everyone got around to it, um, it was all gone before we could say it. it was. There was a lot of meat in the head from pork. Uh, I wish I could have turned it in as my part of my food pork category, but I don't think it was part of the cuts that you're allowed to use. Uh, but all the teams that tried it seemed to really love it, and yeah, we made some pizzas out of it, and yeah, it was all a bit of fun. Oh, great! So, did you yeah. cook the uh, cook the pizzas in the Fornettos then? We we did yeah so we um we had the head in there from about well first thing in the morning so what was that about eight o'clock in the morning we pulled it off at about ten at night so that's a a fourteen hour cook maybe a bit excessive but you know it was more for a bit bit, bit of fun uh, uh, and then we pulled the the meat off and put it on some pizza bases we had and chucked them in the hot and fast fornetto so we got it up to about four fifty degrees Fahrenheit and just scorched the pizza for a few minutes it was it was yeah really nice I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it again. Sounds delicious. So one of the big questions that I want to ask you is um, uh, what went according to plan? Oh. Um, so I, 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 oh. I guess what I'm asking is what happened and you just went, yes, it just went smooth. Yeah, um, pork ribs. Pork ribs, one of the things we were really worried about. I mean, we didn't do amazingly well. We didn't get top 10 or anything like that, but – um, they were the best we had ever cooked. So when we took a bite and we did the texture and the flavor, um, it was high fives all around because, you know, we've always really struggled with those. Very nice. Pork ribs are always a bit of a bit of an issue for me. So uh, my, my hat's off to anyone who can, uh, who can nail it regularly. So the flip side of that coin then is did anything unexpected happen? Did anything happen that's, that threw you for a loop? Yeah, so we, uh, for chicken, we decided to use Chicken Maryland's, which is the drumstick and the thigh. And then what we do is we prepare, I don't know if we're just making more work for ourselves or we're just trying to get the best of both worlds, but um, we prepare chicken lollipops and cupcake chicken as well, chicken thighs uh, with the skin. Uh, and usually our first preference would be to hand in the lollipops. That's our go-to. It's what we've been practicing a lot of. And the thighs with the skin, uh, we're not that great at. We hate sk- scraping the skin and doing all that stuff. But, you know, we thought we'd do both and have a backup. Um, and then when we pulled the lollipops out for their first glaze, for some reason we knew instantly something had gone wrong. They were dry and overcooked. So that really threw a spanner in the works. But really um, the thighs were our next best category out of all of them. So it probably worked out well that the lollipops didn't work for us. So, yeah. It was a good story in the end. Well, I, I was talking to Tuffy and he said that um, he actually will do uh, two cuts of chicken in each box over in the States. 
So he'll do, I think you said breasts and thighs in the one. Yeah. Box. Yeah. So I think he was saying, I did hear that podcast. That was awesome to hear Tuffy speak. And that guy's just full of knowledge. But I think he said he did a, uh, uh, they do like a white meat and a dark meat they have to hand in or, or something yeah, on yeah. those lines. Um, yeah. yeah. So we only ever, we only did one, but. We did see other teams do multiple, so chicken breast and wings or, or, or you know, combination of all of them. Mm. So was the plan always to uh, separate your drumsticks from your uh, thighs in those Marylands? Because I can't imagine getting six Marylands into a box. Yeah, no, always, always the plan to separate. So we like to be able to get more or less meat on the lollipops where we want. So sometimes when you get them pre-cut, they're not really shaped to size. So, you know, there might be a little bit more thigh left on there or a little bit less drumstick. So, yeah, the plan is always to get a bigger piece and cut them to size, um, which means our thighs were a little bit neglected in shape, but they ended up tasting a whole bit better when they came out of the smoker. Cool. So what do you feel helped you the most when you're preparing for meat stock? Um, just being consistent. So we knew we weren't experienced. We knew we didn't have a wealth of knowledge. We knew that we couldn't experiment every day leading up to meat stock. So what we did was we decided just to focus on one type of brisket and cook that as many times as we could. And, again, the same type of ribs all the time and then just tweak and tweak and tweak until we got to where we thought was a really good position. So that really helped us in terms of knowing what we were doing, not trying to improvise on the spot, although we did in particular circumstances, but just knowing what the process was and not having to worry about um, curveballs or indecision or arguments over the best way to do things on the day. So, yeah. And what would be your advice for other people looking to get into competition barbecue? Just do it. It was the, one of the best things that we've ever done. It was so fun. Uh, everyone's so friendly um, and everyone's really like-minded. So just, just book a ticket, just get, a, get, a, um, get yourself into an event and give it a crack. You don't have to answer all the, all the categories, but and what's the worst that can happen? I mean, it was, it was just an awesome weekend away. It was so good. So what would be the most memorable part of your first barbecue competition for you? Uh, it's hard because there was a few to choose from, but meeting you probably, number one. Oh, come <laughs> and on then, now. <laughs> That was not rehearsed uh, at probably, all. <laughs> yeah, not, not at all. <laughs> uh, no, I'd have, I'd have to say meeting so many like-minded people was awesome and meeting people that we'd spoken to over online and on the phone and and you know, in this like by video conference as well, meeting them in person is just so much different to conversing through a screen. Um, that was awesome. And then I guess hearing our name get called out, although it wasn't a call up, hearing our name get called up and get some gratification and for all the hoping was just, uh, it's unbeatable. You're absolutely right about that, mate. It is one of the best feelings uh, going. Um Love it. So, where to from here then for Butcher's Axe Barbecue? Um, so, we've got a fashion line coming out uh, for 
overweight hairy men of uh, of all sorts. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take two of everything. <laughs> <laughs> we we know our clients. We know we know our fan base. Oh, no, no, in all seriousness, we had one um, comp lined up for October, being Creekside in Warwick Nabil in and in Country Victoria. Uh, but as soon as Monday wrapped up and all my aches and pains went away and my semi-hangover went away, we decided to instantly book up in smoke in Adelaide in July. So looks like we're going on a road trip in July for another comp. But, yeah, just we're, we've cooked. It's been, what, three weeks? We've cooked every week since not much is going to change. We'll try and get along to a few more comps, but... We'll just keep doing us and, and see where it takes us. Cool. I love it. How far is it from Melbourne to Adelaide? Uh, between eight and ten hours. So I don't know how many kilometres that is, but I know that cutting our big smoker on a dodgy old trailer is going to take us a few more hours than the normal, the normal folk. So we'll see how we go. You'll be those people driving along the highway at like 75 kilometres an hour. <laughs> Everybody well, all the other barbecue the teams, and... all, all the other barbecue teams roaring past us and just beeping us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all righty, Michael, before I let you go, mate, and I do want to say once again, thank you for letting me harass you for the third time now. The last thing I'm going to ask you to do before I let you go is to tell all the listeners where they can track you down on the internet and I'll get you to give some shout outs to sponsors and supporters. Yep, so we can be found on Facebook and Instagram, uh, forward slash Butchers Axe Barbecue, one word, no apostrophe on the butchers. Um, We'd like to thank, first and foremost, our wives and our families for being our biggest supporters, helping us through this, um, funding a lot of our cooks and coming along to meat stock and and really giving us a a bit of a boost there. Um, And formally, I guess, our sponsors, I'd like to actually, firstly, before I thank our sponsors, I just want to thank the three who we believe are the premier butchers in Melbourne, Um, Luke from Kelly's Meats, Glenn from Cha Cha Cha, and Troy from Meatsmith for hooking us up throughout this campaign. Uh, Mr. Gritzer, the Coffee Rub, have a check them out on Facebook. Heat Beads Australia, they've been a huge support, and we just want to thank them for everything they've done for us. And our major sponsor, Fonetto Ovens and Smokers, Um, we've been using them from the very beginning. We really believe in what they do, and... We recommend anyone who's in the market for a bullet smoker really does go check them out. So thanks to all them. Well, mate, I've, I've had a great time uh, getting to know uh, you before, during and after meat stock. So I just want to say thank you for taking time out three times to, uh, to talk to me uh, for this episode. And, mate, I uh, hope to see you kicking more goals out on the, uh, on the comp circuit. Mate, the pleasure's all mine. And, um, yeah, well, hopefully that we get to run into each other. Maybe we'll get to compete against each other one day. Who knows? Who knows, mate? Who knows? Alrighty, folks, so there it is. Meat stock as experienced by a first-time team. If you'd like to get into competition barbecue or you just want to up your game, I do have a free ebook you might like, 27 Lessons Learned from Competition Barbecue. Inside, you'll find 27 tips that I've put together from my own experience as a competitor and as a judge. To get your copy, head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com slash comp dash ready to get yours now. I've also put a link in the description for you. Now, if you've got a question you'd love to ask or a story you want to share, hit me up on my Smoking Hot Confessions page on Facebook. There's also a Smoking Hot Confessions community where we talk all things Q 
And you can also track me down on Instagram as Smoking Hot Confessions and Twitter as Barbecue Confessions. If you've got a product you want reviewed or an event you want covered, send me an email directly to ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a chat. Would you like to meet me in person? Over the next few months, I'll be out and about on the comp circuit. I'll be competing at Barbecue and Beats on the Gold Coast on the 3rd of June. I'll be part of the media team at the Brisbane Barbecue Festival on the 8th and 9th of July. I'll be competing at the Burley Barbecue Championships on the 5th and 6th of August. And I'll be competing at the Bangalore Barbecue and Bluegrass Festival on the 11th and 12th of August. After all that barbecue, you'll then be able to find me at any Lowe's menswear store around the country exploring their big and tall clothing line. That last one's a joke. I hope. Do please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast as these things really help me out a lot on the charts. Take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions. <laughs>